Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. All right, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, May 25th, 2022, and you're listening to episode number 548. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. It's summer, and I hate it. <laughs> Doesn't feel like summer over here. We'll get to that in a minute. Joey Brachino is back. Second week of Tom Cruise reference. Anybody catch that Mission Impossible 7 trailer? Whoop, whoop, whoop. I, yeah, I did, actually. That looks cool, man. I want to see that. Danger see Zone! That. <laughs> Danger Zone! John Burkle, are you... Have you ever been to the Danger Zone? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dad. Of course he is. <laughs> What's your what's your call sign for when you're you're flying around hot dogging in the air? Do you have one? Uh, let's just go with Achilles. Whoa! Oh, all right. He well, well like, actually, wait a minute. That's not good. Yeah, he was like, oh, just off the top of my head, Achilles. <laughs> yeah, not that I've ever the one who's got like the long time. <laughs> who's got the fatal flaw. That's who you want to be, don't we all? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Uh, obviously, Aaron is sitting this one out again. He is off taking care of business. Uh, we know that you're listening. Love you, buddy. We uh, we look forward to when you come back. Uh, that should be soon, I would think. Uh, we got lots of comics. We definitely have some movie talk coming up. It's my week to talk about movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one in particular <laughs> that... <laughs> it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i have reasons i have reasons. not good ones uh you don't know that yes, i do he said you he, don't know he what said, my reasons are he said this he has one thing people. bob might in all fairness bob might not un, might, bob might not understand the reference to my reason oh thanks so thanks for that. i don't oh, now we'll you're see, getting, we'll now you're getting it good i'll tell you now you're getting it good <laughs> Uh, the 2022 Eisner nominations were announced. Uh, there's tons of news this week, like tons. We're gonna we're gonna try to get through as much of it as humanly possible. Uh, there were trailers. There was a She-Hulk trailer. There was a She-Hulk reactions to the trailer. There was the Umbrella Academy stuff. Uh, we okay. So we got a very nice, very detailed, very long email from our listener Brian. Uh, always appreciate when you when you write into the show. It's always a pleasure. We are going to save your questions because they're great questions, but they're big conversations. And we want to make sure that we give them the time that they deserve. And I have a feeling that news is going to go long tonight. So we are going to save those for next time. But if you would like to send a question into the podcast, feel free 
Uh, you can tweet us at Talking Comics, or you can send us an email, uh, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. Uh, we might field some uh, couple more questions. We haven't done a we'll uh, we haven't done a listener question show in a long time. Yeah, nobody's asked us anything. That's in a true. Long time. We've never had enough. We've never had enough questions to do a whole show. So, guys, yeah. throw those questions out there. We'll do a whole show for you. Time yeah, to send us some know, questions. We used to just sit on them for like months at a time, and then be like, "All right, <laughs> I, time to answer these twenty questions we've gotten over the I last know. two months." <laughs> That's probably why people stopped sending them in because they got tired of us <laughs> promising to do it and then not doing it. We always did them three months I later. Al- we did always do them, but I just I always assume that everybody that listens is just cool and they're like, oh, all right, I guess it'll be next time. But <laughs> as somebody who very recently sent my first question into a podcast that I listened to, I have gone like the last three episodes just – waiting <laughs> and you're like and screw it and like, i'm done with these guys <laughs> yeah like they're gonna do it they're gonna ask my question it's a good question and and three weeks have gone by and they're a bi-weekly show too so i've been waiting for this stuff <laughs> and every every episode that goes by that they don't ask my question i'm like oh they hated it they thought it was stupid they don't like me you take it personally you're like no, no i'm done no more downloads yeah. <laughs> they didn't think that my subject heading was cute brisket with burn i thought that was really funny <laughs> Anyway, I ate brisket with David Byrne once. <laughs> the end. That's not the end of the story, but it was relevant, damn it. Um, yeah, so comic books, news, lightning rounds, um, storms. Holy crap. Okay, so I've lived on Long Island. I've lived on the beach for most of my life. Uh, I now live in Canada where I live at like five cross sections for weird weather. It's just the city that I live in. And so we get a lot of stuff blowing through here. I don't know if you guys saw any of the news. I don't know if you guys get Canadian local news out there uh, in the States. But we had, in my in my 41 years plus on this planet, the wickedest storm that I've ever seen blow through here on Saturday. Like pretty much right after I talked to you guys in the morning on the chat. There, like, the sky just disappeared. The house was, like, engulfed in darkness. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And I looked outside the kitchen window. The whole sky was just this gray-black mass. And I was like, oh, shit, it's coming. And sure enough, within a couple of minutes, it only lasted for about 20 minutes, but it was the most violent, crazy rain, wind, Uh, I'm up in my office trying to turn my computer off before something goes sour. And I'm just watching whole trees and whole branches come down. One of them landed on my neighbor's car. Saw that from my window. That was was like, I was like, uh oh. Um, I didn't find it for a while either, which was bad. But like, we had to go and check on one of our friend's houses. We went for a walk to go and see, and we saw all the damage, like all the power lines were down. We magically got our power back within like a couple of hours. Uh, We didn't have internet until the following day, but um, we were like this one little strip of the entire neighborhood that still had power while everyone else was out. Uh, We went for a walk and it was, it was pretty crazy. People were setting off fireworks. I saw a bunch of kids uh, shooting each other with Roman candles. (laughs) It was 
It was really cool, actually. We have a school with like a field hockey field uh, right next to our house. And so they were lighting all their fireworks off from that thing. And then uh, I was sitting on the playground watching them do it and watching the fireworks during my walk uh, my walk the other night. And they just start shooting each other with Roman candles. <laughs> it's like, ah, to be young again and really stupid and possibly <laughs> shoot your friend in the face. I mean, your story so, yeah. sounds like, well, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, a derecho? That's what we had two August 6th. Yeah. 80 mile Piece per hour it. winds. Yeah. We didn't have power for eight days Oof. in August. My parent, my in-laws, though, live across town, and they are, all their power lines are buried, so their lights just flickered. So I sent the family over there, but me and the dogs lived in our basement with Ooh. a generator yeah. to keep our deep freeze going for eight days that I will never get back. I'll never Damn. forget. It was awful. Yeah, there was some crazy like whole whole trees were ripped yep. up and it was like you could really tell who had like yard work done to build their yard because the entire thing would come out in this yep. perfect carpet of <laughs> grass. And then but there were places that like not just the tree like broke and fell down, like the roots, yep. like that big clumpy thing that goes underneath mm-hmm. the ground, like even that ripped up and was just sitting in the yard stuff on people's roofs and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was wild. There was a 20 foot one of those down the street from me. You, it was just, it just took up the whole street, it took out five cars. It was Damn. crazy. It was, it was, Damn. yeah, it was crazy. You don't, those storms are, are no joke. You're lucky that you only had power for how long did you lose power? Like, honestly, I would say maybe four to five hours. Oh, you're lucky. Um, and then we got our internet back at like one thirty in the morning uh, the following day, like right after we were done with our movie marathon, I looked at my phone and I was like, Oh, we, you know, we got our internet back. Uh, there, there are whole places in the city that still don't have power and don't expect to have power for a while because stuff fell or blew Mm -hmm. into like power stations and stuff. We just lucked out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny to like be walking around the neighborhood and see the other neighbors walking around, but hear their commentary about how pissed they were that we still had power. I always laugh when after, right after a storm, it's like everybody comes out and walks and just, it was, it was like, yeah. Do you remember that? It was kind of an episode. The monsters to do on maple street. Yeah. Who's that guy with power down the street? Why does he still have power? We, um, our photographer lives like across and down the street from us and they're away uh, for Victoria Day long weekend. And so they were like, can you maybe walk to the house and go and check on it for us? And we did. And it's a lovely place and no damage and everything. So that was nice to, to know. But everybody was out with their flashlights and there's no street lights on. And it was like apocalypse town. It was uh, it was interesting. It was kind of fun. It was scary, but it was kind of fun. <laughs> so speaking of scary and kind of fun. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, should I? I'll do my lightning round first. Yes, so get please, into it. dear God. All right. <laughs> no, don't give him lightning. It's go time. <laughs> uh, where are my notes? Let's see. All right. Um, I'm going to talk to you for for a little bit. I'll do my books first. I'm going to make you wait for it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk to you about Yellow Cab. Yellow Cab is uh by Christophe Chaboute, who I've talked about on the podcast a few times before. He did Park Bench, uh, Moby Dick, Alone, and a couple of others. 
Uh, and this is based off of a book by Benno Cohen. And it revolves around this. This is a very long synopsis. I'm reading this from the uh, from the website. Uh, a burnt-out filmmaker finds his inspiration behind the wheel of an iconic New York City taxi cab, exploring a world where he is a stranger uh, and the city is his new workplace. After 20 years working on film and uh, series shoots, uh, Beno Cohen is drained, his enthusiasm gone, a desire to stop writing and put down the camera takes over. In the ci- He's in the city for a year, and he still wonders about how best to absorb the rich diversity of the cosmopolitan metropolis, setting a simple idea, he will become a taxi driver. So he basically starts this taxi job as research for his next uh, screenplay. He's going to do like a fish out of water cab story kind of thing. And he's kind of piecing it together as he goes. But the process of becoming a New York city cab driver is a thing. Like there's a, gotta get him a medallion. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go through. You gotta pay all these fees. You gotta take these tests. You have to know the right people to get the good cabs. Like all of these things, and it's this like rich tapestry of New Yorkness. And this this book really drives home the idea that cab drivers are very much the lifeblood of the city, even though everyone hates them. The cops hate them. People that are are the only time that people appreciate cabs or the cab drivers is when they're coming in out of nasty weather and they're in the the sanctity of the cab. But that's it. Every other time they can't stand you. Uh, how to get good tips, all of these things. And basically what Shabute always does, uh, particularly with Alone and Park Bench, is he spends a lot of time focusing on the people that revolve around the story. Like you're still in the story, but he's focusing on the, all the different people and all the different places that they're going. Every time that you get one of these sequences of a new passenger, they tell you what streets they're going to like the cross streets and whatever. And so you get an idea as to what types of people go to what parts of the city and so on and so forth, how they treat him when he's behind the wheel, uh, the aggravation that comes with trying to embrace this assignment without losing his sanity and his cool on these people and on this city. Uh, and it's kind of interesting, like where, what, what the conclusions are by the time that you get to the end of the story. It's kind of one of those stories that doesn't really have an ending. It just, it comes full circle in a way that at the end you just kind of go, huh? All right. I guess like we've gleaned what we what we will from this and we're going to move on and go and write our screenplay. And so it's a very it's a very simple story showing a very complex relationship with New York City. And as somebody who misses New York City a whole lot, this was a really cool way for me to kind of get back in there and see some of the iconic buildings and see some of the cool stuff that Bob has shown me. In our trips to the city, particularly when we met up with Melissa at the Flatiron building and everything, uh, that was really cool. And yeah, it's highly enjoyable. If you've never been to New York City, it's a really cool way to see a comic book rendering of it. If you are from New York, this feels like an absolute must read uh, for anyone who loves the city because it is totally a love letter to New York City, like Frenchmen from outside the country 
getting to know this place that is foreign to them, but familiar to you. It's cool. Um, next up I have, I hate this place. Hell yes. Number one. Oh, you read this. Hell yes, I did. This book was amazing. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, created by Kyle Starks, uh, and Artem Toplin, Written by Kyle Starks, art by Arden Toplin, uh, colors by Lee Lowridge, and letters by Pat Brousseau. So Gabby has inherited their aunt's cabin. And sh- the plan is her and her, uh, the, them and their partner are going to move into this place. They're going to, you know, tend to the cows. They're going to have somebody come in and help them and show them the ropes. They're going to work it for about a year and then they're going to sell the land. They're going to sell the cattle and they're going to go and they're going to make a new lives, make new lives for themselves. This is the plan. Of course, everything goes wrong because of course it does. This is comics. They get there. And the thing that I really, really, really liked about this book a lot is that this is not a number one issue where, we introduce you to this creepy cabin and stuff is starting to go wrong and we're going to spend the entire issue, you know, slow burning our way to like the reveal of the, the fact that the place is, is kind of haunted or there's, there's kooky stuff going on. This is like, they get there, they unpack. I have some questions about the unpacking, um, but out of nowhere, this book just hits the gas and their first night in this house goes from just quietly planning their future to alien invasions, uh, ritualistic like demon people or something coming from the woods. Uh, stuff is attacking the house and they're, you know, somehow inside the inside the house is safe but anywhere outside the house is not. And so what do you do after you survive a night like this? You get out. But if, if it's all you have, if, if you if you can't leave and go to anything, what do you do? And that's kind of the rationale of how we end up staying in this house and staying in this story is look, the people that own this place that we're taking this place from, they were here for 50 years. If they lasted 50 years, We can certainly do one year with all of this crazy stuff. We just need to stay in the house. And so that's kind of the, the idea behind this story is, is kind of uh, just toughing it out. And it's, the story is populated by some really cool characters. Uh, I like the two leads a lot. There's kind of another character who shows up at the beginning and end uh, that I will assuredly play a larger part in the story. Uh, there's a little bit more going on here. We're, we're definitely going to get some some people coming to this house that maybe shouldn't be there. But um, it's real weird. It's real weird. It's real funky. It's real like X-Files dial to 11. And like the one thing that you don't, the one warning that they got about the house. I won't say what it is, but they're like, don't let this happen. Whatever you encounter, don't let this happen. And it's literally like the first thing that happens. <laughs> so uh, that's bad news because I have a feeling that that's going to come back around in a later issue. 
Uh, and it's just, it's a, it's a really cool number one. It was exciting. I really, really, really liked the pacing of it. Like I said, like there, you're off to the races by the end of this. This is not a, we're going to set this up over several issues and then get to the good stuff. They get to it almost immediately mm-hmm. uh, in that first night. And I was just like, this comic is crazy. This is fun. So uh, it's called, I hate this place. Yeah. Uh, it's go ahead, Joe. No, they tease you like they do the cabin in the woods setup. Like they're driving there, they stop at the gas station. It's a whole thing, um, and then like they're like unpacking and they find like the secret like downstairs bunker room. And I'm reading it and I'm like, all right, this is a weird house. I know what we're getting into. It's called I hate this place. Like cabin in the woods. Let's do it. But you're right. Like halfway through the book, all of a sudden things start banging on the glass and it's a, it's scary. Like the artwork is it's grotesque. It's, it's so such an amazing little bit of horror book, um, but not in like a, like a gory kind of like, you know, sinister kind of way. It still has no, it's fun to it, which I really enjoy. It's more alien invasion mm-hmm. than zombies and gore so far. Well, it's got yeah that whole bit. It's got a little, the, yeah, got a little, little bit, bit of little everything, bit of gore. you know. And and you're reading it, and and like the back half of the book is it. You know, it reminded me of the trailer for Nope. Like I was reading it, and I just thought, Nope. Like I, I would be out this house <laughs> in the same way that you're watching the trailer for Nope, uh, and you're like, Nope, I would be out that place, like 100. Um, percent But as you said, the main character, foolishly, if you will, foolheartedly, is like, we could tough it out. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> this is you said everyone saw what you saw. Like, that's the other thing that I really appreciate about this book. Like, it's the two of them in the house. And usually with this kind of story, like the main character would see the things or whatever. And then the, the partner would be like, what are you talking about? I didn't see anything. Not in this book. Yes, they're yes, like, they're like yes. get the fuck. Her partner's like, right to get the fuck out now. And she's that like, moment, no. that moment where she, she finds uh, her partner in the kitchen and they're like, like, you know, look out the window, look out the window. And I, the, I was totally waiting for them to turn around and be like, what? Yeah. But instead it's there. And they're like, Oh my God. It's a good thing that I brought my guns. Yeah. Let's go get the guns. Um, and I just, I, I really like that rationale. Mm-hmm. I think that was a cool way to get around the, why don't they just leave? Because that's always the first thing. Like, that's what I say to myself whenever I watch a movie and that stuff starts going down. Like, what you just, you leave. Yeah, you just Obviously you leave. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a little bit of like gaslighting going on because the, the partner's like, you know, you brought that stuff for a reason and you're a survivalist and kind of like a doomsday prepper. Like this is what you've been waiting for. Don't you want to test your metal and see if you can handle it? And I was like, no, Oh my God. No. <laughs> like that's a, I, I, I know what you're doing and like, wow. So look, Kyle Starks, you know, sex castle assassination, assassination. you know, yes. like those books are so smart. You know, and I, and I, you get that immediately with this. He's doing a genre thing, but it's clever. It's fun. It's creepy. It gives you everything you want and subverts those expectations just enough. And the art just carries it through. It is breezy. It is light. It's got energy to it. It's a, it's a really amazing first issue. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Uh, I enjoyed that one a lot. All right. 
All right. I wanted to get every, that in. I want to get that positive in before you <laughs> embark on this next part of your lightning round. All right, everybody. Go, grab your grab your popcorn because uh, we're going to the movies. <laughs> I watched three movies this weekend. We're going to count them down. First one I'm going to talk about is Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> Let me tell you. Joey, did you watch this? No, I, where is it? I don't even know where it is. Disney Plus. Oh, no, 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 no. I did not. All right. All right. First of all, I am shocked that this movie even got made. <laughs> not only am I shocked that it got made because of just how darkly bizarre it is as a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie premise. Like, I remember one of the comments going around when the trailer for this thing dropped, and I was so excited. I was so there for it. I was like, oh, my God, Lonely Island is making a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie? Yes, please. And somebody was like, oh, God, who's this movie for? And I'm like, this movie is for me. This is the movie that I want to see. So anyway, I had a bunch of theories about what this movie was going to be before it came out, and I was very wrong about a lot of my predictions. Uh, this is a who framed Roger Rabbit level effort in terms of the merging of studios and getting meta about animation. This movie is if you thought things like, I don't know, Space Jam, New Legacy or The Matrix was meta. This movie puts all of those in the ground and buries them deeply. This movie was awesome. The amount of character cameos in this thing is off the charts. And there are some very, very deep cuts, too. There were a lot of creators that were very excited over the weekend to see their creations represented in this movie because they fall under whatever umbrella and be like, hey, that's my character. That's amazing that that they're in there, blah, blah, blah. It's tons of fun. It's very funny. Uh, it's oddly dark and very strange in some places. And they said that they have more than enough uh, material for a sequel. And so, so far it's doing very well. So I hope that they get to make it because if we get some kind of like weird revival of these off the wall Disney character movies, I would I would be very much there for that. Um, you would not believe the characters that show up in this movie. It, it really is one of those, like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, my God, it's Mickey and Bugs together. They're parachuting and whatever. This is this is that that moment in that movie, but, like, two hours of it. All right. it's, it's crazy. I'll watch it tonight. Real, it's good. It's really good. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Uncharted. Uncharted. This movie is weird, okay? They eventually get there, but there's a point in the movie where they find a clue buried beneath a Papa John's pizza parlor. <laughs> All right? Tom Holland needs to choose different projects if he wants to escape his Peter Parker persona because this ain't it. I admittedly had some fun with it. It's very popcorny. Uh, it included some truly strange chemistry between Holland and Wahlberg. Uh, it had a couple of clever nods to the game, which was cool. 
and also had the most PG 13 throat slash that I've ever seen in my life. I was cracking up. It was so bad. Uh, they're supposed to be making more of these. I don't know if Holland will be back because he said he didn't like making this movie, but he also might be under a contract to do so. Uh, the sequel needs a better director uh, and they have to bring Elena into the mix. I was really surprised that she did not show up. It's fine. It's fun. It needs a lot of work if they're going to continue it uh, and make it a franchise because I've heard that's the plan. You are going to have to do much better than this if you want this stuff to stick around or your star to enjoy making these movies because it was it was pretty groan worthy. Anyway, that's coming from a major fan of the of the game. So make of that what you will. Um, Uncharted somehow my least favorite of the bunch that I watched this weekend. And now coming on because I about a movie that needs a lot of work. Go ahead. I finally did it. I watched Morbius. Okay. Now let me, before, before you descend upon me, let me get, let me get through my spiel here and then you guys can, can unleash the hounds or whatever you want to do. Okay. This movie had so much going against it. It had my bad attitude. It had negative word of mouth, terrible reviews, Sony's ramshackle attempt at building a live action Spider-Verse. So many things. I did not hate this movie. I would even go so far as to say I liked it. I'm actually a little pissed off that I didn't hate it. I went... I went in expecting a train wreck and that was exactly what I was in the mood for. I was like, Oh my God, let's get some, let's get some Prosecco. Let's watch a really shitty movie and just laugh our asses off. We have power, but no internet. Let's do this. Instead. I got a decent schmiancy schlock fest with Matt Smith dialed up to 11. Smith was just chewing the scenery and I was there for every moment of it. I have to, he made this movie for me. He made this movie tolerable for me. Um, And so whatever file I got of this movie, whatever, whatever thing they've uploaded that came through on my TV, this movie looked really good. It looked damn good. Like I'm talking about fidelity and quality. It is one of the most crystal clear things that I've ever watched on my television. Um, regardless of its content, it looked really, really good. Well, there's a um, shining note. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, I'm just telling you my experience with the movie. Uh, the bisexual lighting for the opening and closing credits was a really nice touch. There was some major heat going on between Michael Morbius and Milo throughout this movie. It was very fitting. Um, some of the effects were solid, except for the end, but we'll get to that a little bit later. By the way, I will be spoiling uh, Morbius at some point. You can't in this spoil thing that I have. Um, I, I, I hate that I like this. I liked the smoke effects. I expected to hate them when he would move around and do all of his little Morbius stuff. It looked good. Like, the movie moved along at a, at a decent pace. I was in, I was kind of entertained and I was out. It was no harm, no foul. I totally expected for this movie just to be a flaming piece of crap. Um, also, okay, wait, no, I have, I have something at the end. Um, 
Do you want, Joey, do you want me to make my point as to why this movie got a pass from me now? Or do you want to, do you want to jump in here? No, I'm, I'm just going to let you talk. Yeah, you you okay. can destroy yourself. We'll finish it yeah, off keep, later. Keep, keep digging that hole. I'm about to we'll spoil the I'm about to spoil the end of Morbius. So if you haven't seen it or whatever, uh, tune out for the next couple of, of minutes, maybe the next three minutes or whatever. Okay, here we go. This is the most essential part for me. Okay, and you have to understand something. I I am a weird dude. I like bad cinema. And I like really just weird Oh my god, they did a thing and that is very that that thing is specific to me and I enjoy it so much that it catapulted this movie up to me really enjoying it. Okay. At the end of this movie, how does he defeat Matt Smith? He sends out this like call signal to ev- like seemingly every bat in the city including the ones from his la- his old lab that just magically were able to get out of their confinement and meet him in this place. He's Aquaman, that's how. Right, but he freaking he hadoukens Matt Smith's character with bats. Uh, for those of you at home, you know the Hadouken is the fireball from Street Fighter 2, Ryu. That's what he does. At the end of this movie, to defeat Milo, after he's going around chomping on everybody, he summons a cauldron of bats, gathers them up, and straight up fireball motions the bats onto Matt Smith so that he can inject him with the antigen. He hadoukens them with bats. I that that moment for me sealed the deal. Ten out of ten ending to a crappy movie, instant classic. It wasn't great. It wasn't the trash fire that I was led to think that it would be. And that is including my own, like, I really don't want to watch this movie attitude that I've had about this pretty much since they announced it. So I'm just copying to that so that people can't call me out on it. Uh, And that is my, I rest my case. Rebuttals. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> it did feel like an early to mid 2000s movie, certainly. Look, all I'm going to say is I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. You could go back a couple of weeks and hear me and Bob talk at length about that movie. I'm not going to rehash it now because I'm going to be honest. The only thing I remember from that movie is the bad taste it left in my mouth. <laughs> Two things, Steve. You, 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 you didn't yeah. pay to see it, so that that's one thing. That's true. Paying for it <laughs> makes it a lot worse when you're sitting in a theater looking at your watch. Like, when is this junk going to end? And you said something earlier. This movie has so many things going against it. Yeah, script, performances, effects, plot. <laughs> but you enjoyed it. I so loved go how. Go right ahead. I'd, you know, it, it, I don't think it was bad enough to be Plan Nine from Outer Space. You could have a drinking game. It was just a slog to get through. It was just boring. Yeah, it was just boring. But see, you—I oh, mean, you went in, and this is something. This is this is when you get to have fun with it. You went in expecting trash, so that you and your partner could, 
eat some snacks and laugh and joke about it. But then you watch the movie yeah. and you're like, oh, we could laugh and joke about it. And then when the good things happen, you're like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Bob and I went in <laughs> <laughs> totally blind to it, being like, all right, let's see if let's see if it if it if it if it if it's as bad as everyone says. And it wasn't anything. And that's that's my problem with the movie. Like I I'm glad you found things to enjoy about it. I when I, I remember and maybe if I watched it again it would be different, but I don't think I ever will. Probably not. I, I I when I I was sitting there eating my buffalo chicken sandwich at the dining, and I was just like, it nothing is offensive to me. Like I'm not offended by how bad any of this is, but I'm also not entertained See, by not it. engaged at all. That's what I kept waiting for, though. I kept waiting no. for the for the vitriol that this movie got, not just from you guys. Like I'm not I'm not trying to like pin this all on you. No. This was everywhere. Well, I think every- you pin it on me. I, I, I again there's nothing to really enjoy <laughs> for, for me. I, I didn't I see was any expecting- performance that I enjoyed. I didn't care. The, the, the script holes are you could drive reams of tractor trailers to Canada through them. My thing was my thing watching the movie was look, it's not the last 20 minutes of Fantastic Four 2015. Like it's not, it's not uh, um, Dark Phoenix, you know, where you're watching those movies and you're like, this is like, these are, this is terrible. Like these are bad choices and I'm offended by how bad this is. When I, when I, yeah, well, New Mutants, I actually liked. So, <laughs> but oh. I also watched for free on my couch and I could pause it. I could go drink an entire bottle of wine and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, this movie, I re- when I watched it, I was just like, I was bored. And that to me, that to me is, is worse. See, I think I would have been bored, but basically what was going on was the whole movie. I was waiting to be like, oh, this is what everybody's talking about. Or, yeah, oh, no, God, this is this is what happens. broke me. And now I hate this movie. It never happened. Yeah, we just kind of coasted happens. through it. Yeah, because it just happens. coasts through. Nothing happens. Uh, until, we get a, until the Hadouken at the end. <laughs> we get a lot of Matt Smith He's a, just leaning into that. He looks damn good as a vampire. He has vampire face. Like, he's in a, he's yeah, in a different yes. movie than everybody he's else. He's in a different movie. <laughs> and I loved that. Yeah, I terrible, loved terrible that. Terrible choices yeah, by the director yeah, and yeah. the actor in question. They needed to get together well, on something. My my other <laughs> thing, too, is, is weeks removed from it and hearing all of the post-interviews and and you know the future of the spider sony spider verse and all this stuff i'm like that movie has that editorial all over it like it's just like the cuts the length the style it is just and i think i said this when we reviewed it on the show too it's just like such a sony trying to make a movie that is gonna what launch their universe like i don't get it and that's the other thing that is just like that is the one piece of Morbius that I like the end credits that I was offended by. Oh, the po- the post credit scenes were so dumb. They were so dumb. Yeah. But the rest of the movie, I'm like, and, and I told you because the following week I went and I read a bunch of Morbius comics and I'm like, this is a cool character if you do it tongue firmly in cheek like the blade movies you know and like have fun with it and that matt smith kind of arc in the book in the film might suggest that hey maybe somebody on that set did get it you know um but the that that final product is just it's it's a slog yeah. 
it was more for the the Matt Smith stuff. Like it was him dancing after he gets the serum. The fact that like he didn't he didn't have powers, and then he just suddenly has them, and we never even get to connect those dots. And I mean, I think I know how he did it, but the, they never tell you or show you how he gets his power. He just has them at at what point in the movie, and it's like, all right, I guess I guess we either skip that chapter or we're doing this now. <laughs> But I mean, Bob, you're, you you are like I got a I got a complimentary copy from Sony through work. Like they sometimes send out uh, stuff here and there, um, and so uh, the the price of entry for me was low. It was a, a small piece of my soul, but I've been giving that away for a yeah, long. You're time. sitting on so the couch. Was, you can tough. do what you need to do. Yeah, making a, an effort to go to a theater and seeing this. Yeah. Junk. Absolutely. It's also Absolutely. it's also an hour fifty, I think, you know? It's not like you're going to see like a two twenty or a two thirty, you know. It seemed like two twenty, Joey. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, Joey, what was your beef popcorn. with the music? What was your beef with the music? Because you mentioned the soundtrack to me, and my thing with that is that I can't remember a single song from the movie. I know. There that's my beef. Is it okay, that's okay. Um <laughs> But he I'm glad him with bats. I'm glad you enjoyed it. He just like he calls, he gathers them up like a like a butt, and he just Haruk, and they fly onto him, pin him down, and I'm just like, oh my god, this movie all of a sudden is Dark Stalkers. <laughs> is this made by Capcom? What is happening? Oh, so good. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I watched it. I don't know when I'll watch it again, if ever. Um, I want the Morbius variant universe where they did the Blade movies, like hammed them up, and then they did Morbius in 2001, (laughs) and it was also hammy, and then they had the big crossover film, Alien vs. Predator, but it was Blade vs. Morbius. That's what I want. (laughs) Can you even do that anymore, though? Can you make like a Blade now? Like a a schlocky film? No, like when that new Blade comes out, that I hope people are not expecting the Wesley Snipes vibe because I doubt that that's what it's going to have. I'll believe that that Blade movie's coming out when that Blade movie trailer drops. <laughs> well, look, we had Blade's daughter last week, so I, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what that's going to be like. I I, I just miss. Uh, I wish Morbius. The tone of it. They did not know what they didn't. They didn't know what movie they wanted to make, and there's like too many tone, to, like tonal, just mishmash in that film. Um, that first Blade movie knows what it is, you know, and and it has so much fun with it. The second two, you lose a little bit of it, but uh, Morbius, I think, could have been like a like a, a send up of like B movie vampire fun and. They, it's way too serious unless you're Matt Smith, in which case it's not, but um, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, my, uh, my books again were yellow cab and I hate this place. Number one, uh, John, do you, you have Disney plus, correct? I do. I did not know this movie came out on Disney plus. All right. I well, I out as well. Highly recommend. I think, and it's. I think it's something that you could probably watch with your with your kids too. Cool. Um, if you want to, send I can't them to think bed, of because they'll fall asleep. No, no, it's no, it's very entertaining. It's all it's a bunch of cartoon characters running around. 
It's um, and I don't think that it, there was anything um like inappropriate. I can't recall anything that stood out. Please, that doesn't matter at this point. In- All right, well, well then, then you're you're in good shape because it's 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 genuinely an enjoyable, funny movie with like a, a fun little mystery uh at the heart of it because that's what rescue rangers are uh could have used a little bit more gadget just saying but uh maybe for the sequel Nah, people don't believe in the... gadgets anymore it's all on a phone listen gadget was my uh let's move on um <laughs> my cartoon awakening if you will um <laughs> where are we at uh John, you 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 haven't said anything for a while. Why don't we do your? I was fighting. Switzerland during that conversation. Did you want to comment on anything? I haven't Steel, seen. Oh I haven't seen Morbius, and I have no desire to see Good Morbius at this point in time. I didn't convince you. No. Oh. I'm sorry. I just if it's on, I might watch it. But I'm gonna hijack your feed. <laughs> Only my TV will only turn to Morbius. Yep, the only thing you open up your laptop, Morbius. Turn on the TV, Morbius. It's hot. My I'm hijacked until I watch it. I get warped. I I sat through Venom too. I don't know if I can sit through Morbius at this point in time. You actually saw when did you see Venom two? My son and I watched it with uh, with Woody Harrelson. Oh, we watched it. Did you talk about it on the show? I don't think you did. Yeah, we did. I thought you and I discussed it. I can't remember. I don't remember. Oh, well. Do you have a lightning round? Sure. Fantastic. All right. Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number three. Mark Wade and Dan Mora with Tamra Bonvian on colors and Aditya Bidikar on letters. Yet more Bronze Age greatness as this story expands. Uh, Batman and Superman plus Billy Batson are in hell, or are they? Robin and Supergirl are in ancient China trying to find a a way to defeat this new evil that has emerged. While the Doom Patrol is tracking down a now very sad General Immortus, which was a scene that actually made me a little weepy. Um, Just because if you read it and you have personal connections to that, it just sounds horrible. Um, they're all trying to find a way to stop the new, the devil Neza who has taken over the villains in the previous issues and is now turning on the heroes. I love this book. Uh, it gets, gives me strong feelings of being a kid and reading the pre-crisis world's finest. Uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's so perfectly written. I hope this continues for years to come. Um, then I went over to Avengers number 51 through 55 plus Avengers Forever number 1 through 5. Uh, so the main Avengers book, that's Jason Aaron with Juan Figueroa and Javier Garan. It took a while, but this book is finally feeling like an Avengers story. It only took it 50 issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I and I I know I talked about the Avengers a few months ago, and I, I said I was probably quitting it. I can't quit it. I can't quit the Avengers. Um, number fifty one through fifty four is the multiversal masters of eagle evil as they attack Earth. Uh, the six one six Avengers. You have Deathlocks sent from the Prime Avenger to help our Avengers deal with this situation. Um, I'll talk more about the multiversal masters of evil in a second. You got Namer and Valkyrie, Jane Foster, Valkyrie join the team. 
uh, in these four issues. And it's just, it's finally becoming big action, big um, events that I think that this book was missing. Uh, number 55 uh, sees the Serpent Society reverting to their evil ways. But more importantly, you get the Squadron Supreme Nighthawk, uh, Kyle Richmond, joining the team. And I'm loving that the Avengers are expanding their roster and adding some new, new uh, heroes to the mix. And then I read Avengers uh, Forever, number one through five. This is Aaron again with Aaron Cooter uh, and then Jim Town on art. So Robbie Reyes, the ghost writer from the uh, Avengers book, is traveling the multiverse. And now he is the all writer. Apparently he is the epitome of the ghost writer in the multiverse. And they travel to Earth 818 and come into conflict with the Black Skull who is the Red Skull plus the Venom symbiote. Uh, and they meet Tony Stark Ant-Man, who comes to their rescue. This book is basically the multiversal Avengers. You have all these different takes on heroes. And this book also introduces the multiversal Masters of Evil, who is Black Skull, the uh, uh, super powerful Green Goblin. You got a, a Rogue Phoenix. And you have the Doom of Dooms, the epitome of the most evil Doctor Doom who spends his day flailing the skin off of other Doctor Dooms to power his, uh, is basically his flesh armor. Uh, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I was listening to that too and I was like, everything you just said makes zero sense to me. (laughs) I was going along and I'm like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I just like processing, processing, (laughs) what? Anybody who knows Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom loves himself more than anything in the world. And to keep becoming more powerful, he needs to sacrifice what he loves so he picks out Dr. Dooms from other universes and tortures them until they either bow to him or he kills them and takes their skin off and makes a suit of armor out of it. So he is wearing the skin of other Dr. Dooms <laughs> as an armor. It is very twisted and it kind of works. Bob, he wore skin armor back in the Mark Wade. Issues. Yeah, yeah. So wow. So this is like this is a thing. Yeah, he's... this is a thing. It was originally the skin of his first love. I can't think of her name. Um, Valeria. Oh, Valeria. What? Yeah. And now they're they're continuing with this uh, this multiversal masters of evil, and they are trying to destroy all the multiverses out there. And eventually, we're going to meet the Prime Avengers, uh, which are the like the all the Avengers from these broken universes. We get a hint at some of them in the end of number five. And I will tell people off, off. I don't want to spoil it for people who want to read this, but there are some people that some people on this podcast would love to see in an Avengers book. And they might possibly be in a future Avengers book. Morbius. Yeah. Damn it, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that you. I kind of like this dueling Avengers book because they're building to a bigger story, and and I I can start to see that momentum. But first, we have to get through Judgment Day, and my final books are Eternals number eleven and twelve. Uh, Kieran Gillen, 
Uh, you got Gial Villanova on number 11 and Isad Ribic on number 12. I kind of, last week, I kind of ripped the art on number 11. I, it just, it when you have 10 issues of Isad Ribic and then you have a fill-in artist and then you have Isad Ribic come back for number 12, it just, it kind of took some of the momentum out of it. Uh, this is the finale of the Thanos Prime Eternal story. Um, the renegade Eternals have snuck into Avengers Mountain, which is a dead celestial, so that they can commune with that celestial to find out what their purpose in life is now that they've found out that any time an Eternal is resurrected, a human has to die, and that bothers them. Thanos has access has access to Uranus or Uranus's armory, that's his grandfather, and decides to blow up the Earth you get a big battle. Fallout of the battle leads to a new status quo for all of the Eternals and opens up the hunt for the most dangerous deviants of all, the mutants. And that is going to set up this Avengers, X-Men, Eternals, Judgment Day event that starts in June. I think Avengers is kind of on track. We've been talking about... Uh, the X-Men, I think Joey's going to talk about Immortal X-Men number two later, which is phenomenal. And now you got Eternals. I'm I'm really looking forward to this event. I think it's got potential, and I am done. All right. I'm not ready to get off of the skin suit thing yet. Think about Buffalo Bob from Silence of the Lambs. No, Buffalo Bill from Howdy Doody. Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Sorry, what, Buffalo Bob. What the hell is that? Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, and you just got to keep it very lotioned, and you're all good. Here, okay. See, this is what I think is happening. I think that I am confusing the Doctor Doom from uh, Trank's Fantastic Four movie. D- Doom in the comics, it's just the mask that's mechanical, right? Like the rest of him is flesh and blood, or what's the deal? He wears an armor. He's a human but being. Yeah, he's flesh and blood. Yeah. But is it like a full body suit of yes, armor, yeah, like yes. legs? Yeah. Play, okay, just plays it's like the a, whole it's thing. A, yeah, yeah. And then does he? Like, he doesn't sleep with it on, right? Like he's got to take that off and and put it into like the polisher or whatever. Doom doesn't sleep. No. Doom doesn't sleep. <laughs> he probably does. I don't know. I, I don't know <sighs> Doctor Doom's sleeping habits. Does he have like a giant walk-in closet with just a bunch of? Yeah, dead it's suits? called Doom Castle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear he has sleep apnea. He has Doom to wear one of those little masks. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like Darth Vader when he's yes, sleeping. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so when he takes the skin of these other Doctor <laughs> Dooms, he's actually tearing the flesh off. Yeah. What? Who writes this book? Jason Aaron. How nice. Yeah. <laughs> How did I not know this about him? Mark well, Wade introduced it. it. It's it's like a little side thing. Look, I never Wait. would have gone over to Dooms for dinner if I knew that this could happen to me. Is the, well, only, is the Avengers Doom. is the Avengers Forever Doom six one six Doom? No, no, he's the Doom of Dooms. He's from another multiverse. Okay, so he's not he's not our he's not Doom. our Doom. No, no, he's a Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Was this Avengers fifty one to fifty five or no, Avengers for, Forever? This is Avengers okay. Forever. One through five. I think I have to read this. Yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. go back and read it too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think one, I need to read this. One and two are on uh, Marvel Unlimited. 
Uh, and it, it'll come out. It it's it's a it's a fun read. I love alternate universes story. Like the um oh my god the what was the the mutant book the um, oh X Men Forever. No no oh uh, Exiles with, with the Exiles. Exiles. Thank you. Yeah. Yes yes. I love that book. Even though I forgot the name. Um, <laughs> the but this book was it's just fun alternate his alternate universe. The only downside is they build it as Aaron Cooter art, who I love, but he did the first issue, half of the second, and then part of the third, and then is off. And okay. so the, the 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 art's a little uneven, but it it's fun if you just want to sit down and read some. You have like the Infinity thing. You have a zombie Wonder Man. Uh, you have a half-built Vision. You have a Deathlock. You have... Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider, and you have an alcoholic Tony Stark Ant Man because he never had the the motivation to finish his entire suit of armor. It's John, just, I know you gave us that list of characters during your lightning round two, and hearing you just reiterate it again, I'm still lost. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. No, I'll, I'll check it out. I. I I also am a big fan of Exiles and, you know, the 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 actual alternate universe books that I always really enjoyed were the the end books. I don't know. I mm-hmm. Bob, you've talked about the yeah. Fantastic Four, the end. Yeah, Ellen Davis. Yes. And I love Ellen the Davis. X- yeah. yeah. And the X-Men, the end that Claremont did too. So, so good. Um, you know, Marvel doesn't do those often, but when they do, I, I always really enjoy them. And the What If books too. I always, I always check those out. So uh, I'll check out Avengers. Uh, what is it? Avengers, Avengers uh, Forever. Forever? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Bob, do you want to jump in on World's Finest? It is everything John says. It is magnificent. It is old-fashioned storytelling, yet through a modern lens. Characters are all well-served. Mark Wade knows everything about everybody. <laughs> and it's all right there. And that Immortus stuff, as a, as a Doom Patrol fan from way, way back, from the Arnold Drake days, Seeing him in that position, we I won't spoil it for those who want to read it. It is something, something really special, and it plays the way it, it should. You think from heroes, yeah. right? Yep. I also find it really fascinating that Mark Wade <laughs> channels. I, I guess editorial wasn't watching channels Wonder Woman's real origin in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just a throwaway. It's like, wait, wait a minute, hold it. <laughs> How did that happen? Please, can maybe Mark Wade do some more stuff at DC? Just saying. I I think they'd love him. I don't know if he wants to. There's some issues still there. Uh, I sure <laughs> hope this one runs forever. Yeah. I think now I that a certain editor-in-chief has left, it, it's he's more open to it. Hmm. All righty. Man, I am still... Uh, we're going to move on. <laughs> I could stay on it all night. <sighs> Bob. Sure. Really quickly, just because everyone else has talked about this, I got to see everything everywhere all at once, and it was all the brilliant things everyone said about it. It is crazy. It is bizarre and off the wall, and yet completely heartfelt and funny and meaningful in all sorts of ways about family and connectedness and just brilliant, brilliant film. So if you haven't seen it, folks go see everything everywhere all at once immediately. So, yeah, that's uh, coming out real soon on uh, 
the whole market yeah. in case you can't make it to a theater. There you go. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. Uh, anytime I can grab a book with some JSA stuff, I'm generally going to go for it. And if you throw in art by Jerry Ordway, and that book features the Stargirl family group from the TV show, just a no-brainer for me. Uh, this was called, it's called Earth Prime Stargirl, which is number four of six in some miniseries of some kind that I'm unaware of completely. Doesn't matter, because anyway, uh, just written by James Robinson and Paula Sevenbergen, colors by... John Halise, letters by Tom Napolitano. It's the first official Dugan Whitmore road trip. And not only does Yellowstone Park have Old Faithful, it has grizzly bears, scouts in peril, and an old-time JSA villain on the loose, just, just for, for bonkers stuff. Picks up directly from the second TV season of Stargirl and embodies all the positive vibes of that show. So if you're a fan, pick this one up. doesn't matter if you've read issues one to three. You can get number four. And maybe number five will be worth getting, but number four was just a lot of fun. Fantastic Four 43, Dan Slott, Rachel Stott, Andrea DeVito, Jesus Obutov, Joe Carmagna. It was mostly a table-setting issue for the finale of The Reckoning War, which comes in number 44. Creative team does a fine job of putting those pieces in place. Nothing universe-changing, mind you. Previously unbeatable character goes down in defeat. Plus a fabulous battle sequence featuring Dr. Doom in his real armor, not skin. It shows him <laughs> to great effect nonetheless. It's a mostly, this has been a mostly self-contained event, and it's been really very good so far, although the continuing promises regarding nothing will ever be the same again are kind of getting on my nerves. Just <laughs> saying. Catwoman 43, Teeny Howard, Bengal, Jordi Belair, and Tom Napolitano once again was a fun road trip issue. After taking out Black Mask, Selena feels the need to, well, head out of town for a bit. And who would be a better traveling companion than Harley Quinn, am I right? Yep. <laughs> uh, th th there are some Gotham-adjacent shenanigans afoot, but even a dire cliffhanger can't get in the way of the fun as Selena and Harley join the roller derby. Charming break from the darkness in Gotham, what with Ms. Howard's story, the cartoony pencils of Bengal, and Ms. Belair's pastel colors. Just another solid issue. So thrilled that Catwoman is something I can read again. That's it for me. Yeah, that Catwoman run has been super, super yeah. solid all the way through. I had no really idea Bengal was doing this issue until I opened it, and it was just like, even, even better. I mean, I love oh, Nico Bengals. Leon, but I love me some Bengal. Hell yeah. That's yep. good stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. I hear uh, John, you got your name on a few of these. Yeah, Fantastic Four number 43. I hear you. It's still enjoyable, but it it, it needs to... I think it needs to start wrapping up um, the Reckoning War. It just feels like it's maybe an issue too long. And then Catwoman, yeah, they're, they're, this issue was delightful. I love the... I love Harley with Poison Ivy, but I also like Harley with Catwoman and their their flirty relationship. But even though, you know, they flirt with each other, but they know that they're committed to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's just fun. It's just it's just greatness. And, th and this book <laughs> is ever since uh, Teeny Howard took over. I've, I love it. Amen. Yeah, FF, it, the event's been good because it doesn't spiral mm -hmm. into 14 other books. Yeah, but it, it's just sort of let's get to it. Mm -hmm. put whatever changes you're going to do, Dan, go for them and let, let's move on and get somewhere. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I just feel like 
we were spinning our wheels the past issue or two. Uh, it may have something to do with there's another event coming that they have to deal with. <laughs> with this, you mean a- uh, X- what is it called? X Exa Exa. We could do Exa. <laughs> Marvel body spray. Yeah. Exit. Am I right? <laughs> 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 Uh, nobody has anything else. Nope. I haven't read Fantastic Four in a while. I have to get caught. 43 of Catwoman I have not read, but now you convinced me to read it later tonight. Uh, and everything, everywhere, all at once looks absolutely incredible. I cannot wait. It's probably my favorite it. movie of the year. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really pissed at myself for not uh, for not making the effort to go and see it. It's... Uh, I mean, we'll see if Top Gun Maverick tops it, but... uh, (laughs) I was just going to say, you haven't seen Maverick yet there, Joey. Actually, you know Um, what I've been doing this this past weekend? I watched Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3, and Jurassic World 1. Um, Just like back to back, I just had like, I was like, I'm going to do it. And uh, because the the next and final one is coming out uh, June 10th. So um, that first movie is perfect mm-hmm. like jurassic park is just such an amazing movie but i also love lost world and i also love jurassic park 3 yeah. i i know it's people don't aren't into it but joe johnston and the sam neil it is a self-contained little thriller and william h macy and taylor yeah. leone i i just i i i really really enjoy yeah. that film a lot and watching Jurassic Park and Lost World, I watched them back to back on the same day. It's really wonderful seeing, watching both of those Spielberg movies back to back too. Jurassic World is not as good <laughs> as, as, as the original series, obviously. Um, but in retrospect, there are some things that like it's kind of like critique of like theme parks and consumer, like that stuff. It's, it's interesting to see. I'm just, I'm just, I I never buy Chris Pratt. Like I just, I can't get behind him. Bryce Dallas Howard though, I think is, is really wonderful. Um, I'm eager. I got to watch the last one. I'm eager to watch fallen kingdom. I only watched it the one time. (laughs) That one's bad. Yeah. You guys are Uh, crushing my son right now. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, but I seem to recall, enjoying fallen kingdom more than jurassic worlds i seem to recall so i don't remember i'm eager to watch it again and then of course i'm very very excited for um the 10th to watch jurassic world dominion because no matter what the jurassic movies are freaking fun they're just dinosaur like there's something just fun and exciting about them so i'm really I mean, it's really, the dinosaurs, man. Yeah, it's, it's but, not the people. No, I'll tell you that. But, but at the heart of really every movie is just like parents and kids for yeah. some reason, <laughs> and like so, like Alan Grant they're family, as, they're family yeah, Alan Grant as surrogate father to the two kids yeah. and the tree and everything else is beautiful. They're 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 like ostensibly family movies, like they're yeah. just like these kind of allegories for like the lengths to which you will go for your kids and and all yeah. of that, and and even the that dinosaur stuff is all about that too, right? It's like the like all of the movies are about like dinosaurs and their kids, <laughs> so like put that egg so, back, you yeah. So like to some degree, <laughs> like even though the latter movies have kind of been eh, 
I still have a ton of fun at them. So I'm eager to watch yeah. Fallen Kingdom and I'm really excited for for Dominion as well. Yeah. That first one though, that first one it's is perfect. an all-timer. It's oh, it's yeah. stayed in theaters forever yeah. for a reason. Like and the, and the crazy thing about that movie is it's 1993. Like that- it is surprisingly progressive like i've watched it i mean you watched it more recently than i have but i watched it not too long ago and the the ellie sattler character is great mm-hmm. it is one of the few movies that i will watch multiple times and i know like bob and steve i know you guys are like rewatchers. i am not a rewatcher. <laughs> like i really rarely rewatch movies except for like the marvel movies if i like need to put something on in the background but Jurassic Park is one of the few movies and Lord of the Rings that I will watch again and again and again and again and again. Nice. Um, Lauren bought me for my birthday the Lord of the Rings extended editions in 4K. I got to go and take that journey oh. that the like 12 hours of oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings. I did that. It's, it's a holiday tradition, of course, now for oh, I millennials, love it. I love you it. know. <laughs> um, really quick, speaking of speaking of movies before we get to uh, to Joey's stuff, um, that uh, everything everywhere all at once comes out June fourteenth. Um, it might even come out digitally before that, but that's when it hits like Blu-ray and stuff like that. So, um, but this Tuesday, so when you're listening to this on Wednesday, yesterday, uh, the Batman hit the home market um, in physical form alongside the Teen Titans Go and Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse. Is coming out the animated film. Look, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. It looks amazing. So definitely picking that one up. Uh, and X, that uh, horror movie that came out not too long ago uh, in the styles of like a 1970s slasher uh, comes out as well. In case you are interested in that, like I am, I will buy all three. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, Joey, lightning round time. Bang, 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 bang. All right. What should I start with? Let's start with uh, Immortal X-Men number two. Kieran Gillen and Lucas Wernick. This is about six weeks after Immortal X-Men number one. The Quiet Council versus a big Selene-controlled kaiju made out of Krakoa. Ooh, big, scary. <laughs> okay, so y'all recall Immortal X-Men number one was like Magneto was like, oh, I don't want to be on the Quiet Council anymore. And then there was a ton of like sinister quips. And then they vote hope into the Quiet Council over Celine. So then Celine goes bananas. Well, issue two picks up like immediately, but hope is narrating this time. Um, and I wonder if like rotating narrators will be a thing for this book. I am admittedly a huge hope fan, like the Messiah trilogy from like 2007 to 2011 like that was like per like i loved that that era of x-men i love so much um and kieran gillen did a lot of work with hope um when he was doing generation x uh and things like that um and that's also why like his sinister is so good because he wrote a bunch of sinister during his uncanny x-men run too so like i'm not surprised that he started with sinister and hope um so she like comes in, she's narrating this issue and she straight up like messiahs the shit out of this whole situation and like Rambos and does like a whole bunch of crazy stuff in this issue. I love it. I love it. Uh, minus points for references to cable. I'll allow it though, because the book is, um, the book is fun. Um, Quippy is expected from Gillen um, with wonderful prose pages this time, including like telepathic quiet council meeting minutes, which are hilarious. And um, 
a summer's protocol page on how to deal with kaiju, which is also so funny in like a Scott Summers way. Kieran Gillen also did a great Scott Summers in his Uncanny X-Men run too. So I'm, I'm hoping at some point we get some uh, Captain Krakoa in here. Whoops. Spoilers for uh, Uncanny there. Um, overall, really fun issue. Lucas Warnick's art was okay. There were a couple of panels that I was like, that's a weird face. Um, uh, I, I, the thing about X-Men is I think, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Ooh. I think I'm taking a break for a little while. Immortal was fun. I don't know when the next issue of Immortal is coming out. Um, and I'm behind on so many that I'm just, I'm just in catch up mode. So I don't know. I, I, I didn't read the last issue of uncanny. So I'm behind there. I'm behind on Marauders. I haven't read X-Men red yet. Like I'm really behind on a bunch of the books. So I don't know. I think I'm just, I think I'm just going to play catch up for a little bit and, and see how things go. Um, but with that said, immortal X-Men number two was a really fun issue. Um, I also read breakout number two. This was Zach Kaplan and Wilton Santos. Uh, this was the book about the literal high school teenagers that were like, let's plan a heist and break into these floating multidimensional cubes that are kidnapping children. Uh, Aaron and I had a ton to say about that premise and breakout number two delivers on that premise in the sense of it is the it is the planning montage and you have the main character kind of like bossing everybody around and he's like hey you cheerleader you have to jump higher and in the in my head i'm like is she gonna jump into the thing that's floating a mile above the ground i I don't understand and then he's like oh yeah like you kid from tech class you need to weld into titanium like and you high school jock you have a credit card buy us all these things i'm like this makes zero sense and you go through so much plot drama in this book like everyone's like oh you suck i hate you and they scrap the plan and then like in the second half of the issue they're like just kidding you know we we did all this work we're gonna do the plan and the plan is literally get kidnapped by the aliens the the book is crazy the book is crazy and you know what I'm into it. I'll be there for issue number three. Let's do it. Um, I also read duo number one, Greg Pak and Koi Pham. Um, this is like a s- spinoff kind of of Milestone. Um, basically, like they've relaunched the Milestone books and they are also spinning off into an Earth M new universe of characters. So Greg Pak and Koi Pham here are working with Two nanotech engineers, Dr. Kelly Vu and Dr. David Kim, who are um, in a relationship together and uh, some shit hits the fan and uh, they have this like regenerative nanobot program that they're working on and uh, something happens and then they have to use the nanobots on themselves and uh, this is the origin story and it's kind of in the title, the nanobots fuse them together into a single body. And that's, that's pretty much this issue. It's kind of an origin story. Um, it's a ton of fun. I trust Greg Pak implicitly. Um, and Koi Fam does an incredible <laughs> job with the artwork here. So I'm definitely around for, for the next few issues of this too. Uh, last thing I'll talk about is after the trailer, which I'm sure we'll be talking about momentarily. Uh, I jumped into some She-Hulk. Um, I didn't jump all the way back to John Byrne. Uh, Cause I don't think I have 60 issues in me, but I think <laughs> I have like 15 issues in me. So I went back to Dan Slott, um, the 2004 She-Hulk. I read the first six issues. 
this is Juan Babillo and Paul Pelletier on art for, for a few issues in there. Um, and actually after reading the first five, six issues of this, the dance lot series and watching the trailer, I have a feeling they're drawing a lot from this comic book, the 2004 comics. Um, because in this one, she Hulk, uh, becomes a, not become, she's already a lawyer, but joins a firm that is dedicating itself to superhuman law, which is something that's teased in the, uh, trailer as well. Um, and then tonally, and visually and i think in terms of some of the conflicts that i think the trailer implies i'm glad i went into the dance slot run because i think it's drawing a lot from it um it does have some of the meta stuff it uses marvel comics themselves as kind of case law which is hilarious uh the art is a ton of fun the the book is hilarious um she hulk is a funny character in this book and i think dan slot does a great job with her um yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'll definitely finish out the rest of this series. And if I'm feeling bold before August, mid-August, I'll go back and read some John Byrne stuff as well. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to in the comics world. Uh, Slots Run is my favorite except for Burns. And it is all those things you're talking about. She's in now a law firm that th- their law library is long boxes of old Marvel comic books. Yeah, <laughs> they have to send people down into the archives to, to take a look. You get Andy, the awesome Android, lots of fun character things going on. And that it, it just builds. And I think that the show is definitely leaning into that law firm idea. I'm, I always blow the arts, Kurtzman, Goodman, Lieber, and whatever, which obviously is Martin Goodman and Kirby and Stan. And, that aspect of it is there. I, I've read that she is going to break the fourth wall in the show, so that brings in the burn stuff. It's for those who've only read She-Hulk in the Avengers and not the Roger Stern version from way back, where they finally sorted out this character. She's much different than what you've seen. She is not this brute. She's also built differently. She's not a Hulk in that sense. She can she can almost get away with what she's trying to do as seven foot tall and green, but she's still sort of a normal human being in those parameters. Slot Slot's Run definitely plays off a lot of that as she she just enjoys being She Hulk. That's mm-hmm. just so yeah. much fun. There's so a lot fun. of there's a lot of great commentary in there too, where she's like, I I I it's been a while since I've been hulked up like cuz the law firm the law firm doesn't want her mm-hmm. to kind of so there's a lot of great commentary there about like the power she has as She-Hulk and and trying to find her power as Jen as well which the the latter series which I've read like the Tamaki run like I've read and I actually really enjoyed those runs too um the the whole thing about like what the what what she looks like when she's hulked up you know, there's the whole kind of psychological thing where like the, the hulking process becomes what you envision yourself as, you know, Bruce has this kind of like complex of just self-loathing. So he, v- he views himself as a monster and Jen, you know, views herself in a much different way and views herself power for her looks different in the same way that Amadeus, you know, mm-hmm. when he hulks out, uh, presents a certain way too. So like, that that element of it has never bothered me you know why she looks the way she does when she's hulked out um the 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 supporting cast around her is so fun 
Uh, you mentioned also Mandy, and then Ditto, the like the morphing yes. character, is so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm only six issues in. Uh, the the la- five and six were the issues where they there's like the breakout from the Pym prison. And mm-hmm. I am wondering if they're going to do that in the show, because I think that would be so, so funny. If like, there's just a bunch of little tiny, like <laughs> super villains that have like been shrunken down running around the law office. And she's just like trying to catch them. I think that would be so funny. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. The, the Charles soul run is very good as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's a ton of fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of a ton of fun, I really enjoyed Duo Number One. Yeah, quite a bit. I was, it I was, was um, I, I didn't know if I was like, are these characters that have existed before? And I, I don't think so. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm. We discussed this last week. Like, I'm almost wholly unfamiliar with the Milestone universe uh, outside of what John and and you know y'all brought to the to the show. But this I found to be a better onboarding book than Blood Syndicate, just in terms of introducing you to new characters. Maybe it's because they are new characters. Yeah, because I, I think don't this, know. This isn't this is Milestone. Yeah, is this is like oh, it is okay. This is like Milestone's editorial being like, we're also going to build out a universe. So yeah. Duo is new characters. But when I went in being like similar to you, I was like, oh, is this like? the static again or is it like you know hardware again yeah. like it's mm-hmm. like oh we're just like revamping rebooting a little bit but it's not it's like wholly original characters which is why i go back to i trust Greg Pak implicitly so he's gonna do something cool with these characters i'm sure yeah, yeah i um i am I, I liked the characters immediately like i i really like that it started with a relationship it kind of give uh gave me um Death Defying Doctor Mirage meets Firestorm vibes. Valiant throughout right? the the issue. What's up? I said like Valiant. Yeah, yeah. The Doctor Mirage is the Valiant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the I thought the premise was cool. I thought the characters were cool. Uh, very tragic. A little bit in the middle. There are like these weird like frog alien men running around. Uh, very comic booky type stuff and. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's got little spats of horror in it. It's cool. It's it's you know sci-fi extremism with a, a couple at the center, and uh, I don't know. I'm digging it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the next one and uh, stay on board, and hopefully you know this kind of uh, opens up the door for me for a couple of other things. Uh, mighty codpiece on this suit, <laughs> I will say. For David, there he uh, that first uh, full splash page of him. I got some heavy uh, David Bowie and Labyrinth vibes from this character. I was like, "Whoa, okay." Anyway, just being observant. Um, duo, good stuff. Uh, what else you got on here? I watched. I have so many tabs open. What's happening? Uh, that's all I got. John, you want to pipe in here for uh, Mortal X-Men? No, I think Joey covered it well. It's a hope issue, but there's some great sinister moments. And I'm really, I wasn't sure about this whole Quiet Council book, but if this is what it's going to be, I'm on board. And I think I'm the opposite of Joey. I'm I'm more interested in the X-Men again. I'm, I'm getting kind of excited to see where this goes, so... I'm gonna catch. I'm I'm a little bit. I think I might I might be a little bit more caught up than Joey yeah, too. That's the problem. So, yeah, it's daunting when you fall behind on these books. 
Because like I read Good the time. I read the lives deaths Wolverine thing and mm-hmm. and but I read it after the fact and it was so fun and I was like this was awesome but I just I can't imagine going back like I I agree I, Immortal X Men was a ton of fun and the Wolver- the Wolverine book was a ton of fun and I haven't read Steve Orlando stuff yet but hearing Aaron talk about X Men Red and and yeah, and those good. books the last couple of, couple of weeks ago like it sounds really great and going into the destiny stuff this summer i'm like that sounds cool but i got to that last page with like the map for the next few months Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm behind on all of these books like i am not caught up on any of them so like i i i need to just take some time to catch up and we'll see when i'm back back on track that's not to say the books aren't um like get it catching steam again but yeah you can kind of catch up like you can skip the like like if you just want to jump onto Red or Marauders or X, they all kind of have this soft reboot going on right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're a little behind, you can jump on the these first issues and be okay. Yeah, New Mutants came back this past week. Um, mm. uh, they took a they took a break between twenty four and twenty five, really. But I I also really love New Mutants a lot. Um, mm. So, but that's kind of off doing its own thing. Yeah. And then Legion of X starts this week. Hell yes, color. it does. And yes, I will be on that. <laughs> not to just, not to just like crap on my own comments there, but I will be on Legion of X immediately. <laughs> What's going on with that? What is that book? Is it's that the, the, uh, that's the follow up to, yeah. Uh, All right. Way of X. Wasn't that the name? Yeah. Way Man. of X. Yeah. And then Onslaught All Revelation. Oh yeah! All I see with catching up with X Men right now is dollar signs because <laughs> it would just it would cost me so much money yep. to to get caught up on everything at this rate. Yep. Man, I remember when I was buying them all when that uh, that new generation of X Men came out. Hawks pox, baby! And now I've lost my way. That was just You're, two years ago. Lost your way of X. That's <laughs> ah, good. I like that one. Thank that you. was a good one. Thank that you. Was much better than the one from earlier. What? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about these Eisner nominations. A little bit of news getting into the news section now, in case you haven't guessed. Um, DC is grabbing a lot of these nominations with 15. Image got 14 plus four shared. Uh, and then a whole bunch from Viz Media, Marvel Comics got seven plus five shared. Boom had seven, Abrams with five, Dark Horse with five, and yada, 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 yada. Anyway, um, like we always do when these nominees are announced, we are not going to go through all of these because it would take way too long. So we are just going to, as a blanket statement from us here at Talking Comics, want to say congratulations to everyone who was nominated. Uh, it is always awesome to see people's work uh, on here. And I've been to the Eisners before, and uh, it's a fun, long, but fun and entertaining ceremony. And uh, I had a blast when I was there. So uh, let's see here. What do we want to do? Um, let's go with Best Continuing Series. So for Best Continuing Series up for the Eisners, we've got Bitter Root. The Department of Truth, Immortal Hulk, that crazy, crazy Hulk run that was going on for a while, Nightwing, and Something is Killing the Children. Yeah, man. That book's great. I tried to get Bitter Root on our list, and y'all did not heed my comments. Listen, 
sacrifices must be made. <laughs> Nightwing's getting a lot of love on the editors this year. Well, Nightwing's awesome, so <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so deserving. Don't get me wrong, but I like so I, good. I I read all of Immortal Hulk. I, I ended up finishing it out. It it is a really it is a really wonderful book. Mm-hmm. It is definitely not for everyone. No, and no. I will leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I was on board for that book, and then all of a sudden, we went to some weird, like, paranormal, universal yeah, shenanigans yeah, stuff, yeah, and yeah. I got real lost, yeah. and I really never recovered from that. It was it was about when the Hulk, like, he's like, "Oh, I died, and I went to the green place, but the green place is hell, and also my father's here, but he's not my father; he's the leader." And also, there's like seventeen Hulks here, and I was like, "All right, we're doing it." Um, that's about when I imagine most people would be like, "What the hell." <laughs> Yeah, when, that was pretty much where I jumped off. When his head was in a vat for like four issues. Yep, that was, that yeah. was cool though. I know. Yep, yep. And then how he got out, that was so neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a good book. It there was, was the book. part later in the series, Doc Samson ends up in the body of Sasquatch. It's no, reverse that? I don't remember. It's wild. <laughs> that book is wild. It is grotesque. Yeah, I don't, I'm glad it's over. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's hit up a couple of these other uh, these other categories here. You got best limited series, Beta Ray Bill Argent Star. Is that what that story was called? No, it's just Beta Ray Bill. It's probably what the storyline was called. It's probably what the like the trade is going to be called or something because they got to right. get the title. But that that's great. All right, Beta Ray Bill, the Good Asian, yes. Hocus Pocus, uh, the Many Deaths of Layla Star. Oh yes. Stray dogs. All right. Somebody's with me. I know. I know. I know. That's no look. That series is disturbing. That that thing goes places, but it was very, very, very good. Uh, And then Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Don't don't say that to Bob. I enjoyed it. I was surprised uh, the the me you love in the dark wasn't in there. Yeah, I don't know. They're just they're not on our level. Yeah. You know? Uh, for best new series, we've got the Human Target. Telling you guys, uh, the nice house on the lake. Very nice. Not all robots. Uh, it's from Mark Russell and Mike Diodato Jr. Radiant Black. Oh yeah. Which yeah, uh, and Ultra Mega. So there you go. Double shot. Double shot for me. <laughs> uh, Finger on the see. pulse, John Verkle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gonna go through here a little bit. Uh, best publications for kids. We've got Allergic by Megan Wagner. Four Fisted Tales: Animals in Combat. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, Rainbow Bridge by Steve Orlando and Company. Uh, Salt Magic by Hope Larson and Rebecca Mock, which I, I was telling everybody just bought this past weekend. So uh, I'm looking forward to diving into that. Saving Soria. Uh, Chang and the Sun Bear, and then um, the Science of Surfing: A Surfside Girl's Guide to the Ocean. Oh yes, Surfside <laughs> Girls. And uh, there's a bunch of other ones too. Wind, James uh, Tynan's Wind, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, Strange Academy. There you go. The Legend of Auntie Poe. Uh, Clockwork. Corandera, Volume One. Sorry if I got that wrong. And uh, Adora in the Distance, which you talked about, Joey. Adora in the Distance is a is a really beautiful book. Beautiful, beautiful book. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's skip along a little bit here. Uh, you've got some nominations for the Silver Coin and Beth An- Best Anthology. 
uh, with Superman, Red and Blue, and You Died, an anthology of the afterlife, which I might have to check out. Uh, but moving over to where'd it go? Uh, best reality based work. You have the Black Panther Party, a graphic history, David F. Walker and company, uh, Hakim's Odyssey, Lugosi, the rise there and fall go. of Hollywood's Dracula. There you go, Bob. Uh, Orwell, CQ, and the strange death of Alex Raymond. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, best graphic album, Middle West, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, the True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, Lock and Key, The Key House Compendium, Complete American Gods. Uh, have we kind of hit all the – let's go down to the best – here we go, best writer. Uh, Ed Brubaker for a bunch of stuff. Kelly Sue DeConnick, Felipe Melo, uh, Milo, Ron V, and James Tynan IV. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, best Coloring, Felipe Andre, Terry Dotson. Katie O'Neill, Jacob Phillips, and Matt Wilson. That's a powerhouse category. Damn. Um, yeah, you know what? You can uh, you can go and check these out. I will point out, as lastly, though, because I've talked about it here a few times, um, Wayne Family Adventures, Batman Wayne Family Adventures, which I just caught up with over the weekend and is absolutely incredible on Webtoon, uh, and Lore Olympus both have been nominated for Best Web Comic as a part of the Eisners. So there's a bunch more categories. You can go and check this out. I am reading this off of comicsbeat.com. Uh, there are no paywalls, which is nice. So you can go and check out the Eisner nominations from them. If you so desire, uh, lots of great books, obviously on these lists, a lot of our books that we picked for our last award show. Just putting that out there. Uh, and yeah, Congratulations and best of luck to uh, all the nominees. Awesome. Uh, did anybody want to point anything out in particular, or do we want to move on to these a thousand news stories that we Cyclopedia have? Cyclopedia Exotica. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good stuff. All right. Moving right along. DC has <laughs> up and canceled their Wonder Twins movie. It has been shut down by the WNB. Uh, this is the movie that had KJ Appa from Riverdale and 1883 actress Isabel May. They were on board to star. Uh, script from Dwayne Johnson's upcoming Black Adam uh, scribe. And I just, yeah, this this was happening and then it definitely wasn't happening. So all things in development are going away uh, this is a shame because it's just it's another instance where we could have had been introduced to other characters or, you know, the public could have been introduced to other characters. And instead, we're probably just getting some other Batman. giant tentpole thing or Black Adam sequel or some crap. So. Which is fine, but it would be nice if there was more room for this types of thing, especially if you have the HBO Max platform and you're not using it because of some weird upheaval where everybody wants their stuff in theaters again, you're allowed to make your own stuff on your own platform. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You don't have to cancel it, but whatever. Uh, They lost faith in it, I guess. So uh, anybody that wants to like jump in on these stories before I move on to the other ones, just feel free to hop in. 
it's just like Warner's Brothers. Just I don't know. They lose money on something recently. They're cutting. They're cutting corners everywhere. Yeah. No, they're, they're they get free. corporate overlords. Yeah. That's all. New corporate oh, that's overlords. Right, there so they're streamlining everything. That's right. Mm-hmm. Didn't the right. Harry Potter thing not do very well either? Correct. No, it did not. But they are they are doubling down on the Potterverse, man. They are making more of those movies. Well, like, they are, they but have... I think they are. I think they are um, walking back some of the plans for like the Fantastic Beasts first and things like that. They're probably going to try and do something else, like a Potter TV show or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hogwarts Year One or some. I don't know. Who knows? Um, there's there. Yeah, I don't know. the the whole The whole Harry Potter thing has been so tainted. I. Yeah. I I understand that it's like my, my niece is just getting into the Harry Potter stuff and she really loves it. And it's takes everything that I have not to be like, <laughs> sit down, Kelly, let me, let me explain something to you. Cause uh, you I don't, know. I don't want to take that away from her. Those books are, those books are uh, as long as you're not buying new copies. Yeah. No, no, I don't think she is. Well, you could point her out to that um, thing that was running around the internet last week that posited that the actual author of the Harry Potter books was Cher. It was a pretty funny meme um, going around. <laughs> Everything's better with Cher. Uh, if know? only. If only. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next story, which is absolutely amazing because I feel – like even though they've been working on this, I'm sure for a couple of, like a long time, uh, we kind of willed it into existence. At least the announcement that shirtless bear fighter yeah. is yeah. coming back. Hell yes, let's go. Shirtless bear fighter two is happening this August. I think everyone is on board for more shirtless bear fighter. Probably the best book ever made. <laughs> I will absolutely go back and reread Shirtless Bear Fighter before this comes out and get reacquainted. I might even do a double feature of Shirtless Bear Fighter and Grizzly Shark. I was going to say, mm-hmm. until we get that crossover, though, the world has to keep spinning. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing. It could happen. It could happen. I'm, uh, even if it was a backup, even if it was like a four page backup. Hell, we'll write one, it. In one of those. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll get my I'll get my people on the phone. We'll figure this out. Uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter Two coming out starting in August. Super, super, super excited to see what they've got because that is a that is a gem being resurrected and and repolished for for new audiences. And I'm I'm all about it. Uh, okay, so speaking of things coming back, the Umbrella Academy. Dropped a season three trailer and hot damn mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy has kind of been one of quietly been one of my favorite yeah. of the uh, comic book adaptations that we've gotten since they started the whole uh, like television boom with all this stuff. And the first season was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Second season was very, very cool. Definitely had its moments. Very timey-wimey. And I, I like the whole JFK tie-ins and stuff like that. This season looks bonkers. <laughs> and I love that they've uh, rearranged Elliot Page's character. So they're doing some cool stuff with that. Uh, Klaus. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Klaus is my favorite. Klaus is coming Klaus back. Is the best. 
He's dancing in the streets. He's wanting to have sex with himself. It's just <laughs> that conversation when they're at the dinner and he's like, oh, they're having a drink. And he's like, you're telling me that you wouldn't climb Luther Mountain? <laughs> I just, like, I died. I died. It looks super fun, super wacky. Uh, and just every everything that that show is, this just looks like that thing, but dialed way up. Um, it was just a really good like it's coming back trailer. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, John, you obviously enjoyed it as well. I've loved every season, the first two seasons and I can't wait. This is one of those that I've been waiting for. And I, you knew it was happening, but when it was finally confirmed, I got, I got super excited. I can't. Yeah. This is, it's a show that I'll probably binge in one sitting. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to the banter between the two schools, like the two sides Mm -hmm. or siblings, uh, just to see how they snipe at one another. (laughs) I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Was it the red sparrows, the red sparrow Academy? I think the sparrow Academy. Yeah. Uh, Joey, did you get to check this out? I did not, (sighs) but I'm going to watch it opening weekend for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Bob, did you check out the trailer at all? No, because I haven't seen the first two seasons. So, Ah, good point. All right, let's move on then. Uh, Daredevil, Daredevil is uh, is coming back. There is a season four of Daredevil in the works over at Disney Plus. Disney's being a little hush hush about it, but I mean, it was all but confirmed that this is happening. You have to imagine that Charlie Cox and, in all likelihood. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is probably going to come back as Kingpin because you know that he we could spoil the end of Hawkeye. He survives the end of Hawkeye. Yeah, Yeah, he survives the end of Hawkeye. Well, in the comics, he also gets shot in the face and just goes blind for a little bit. Yeah. By by Echo. Well, all right. Yeah. There you have it. It's a throwback. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's exciting. That's cool. I don't know. I hope what they'll go ahead, John. I hope this means that I, I would love another season of uh, Luke Cage. I hope well, this means that some of those shows no. might have a little life. No, don't don't give me hope. Luke Luke Cage, um, Mike Coulter, and um, Kristen Ritter have been seen together lately, and they've been like tweeting and sharing like mysterious stuff to uh, social accounts that have people thinking that there's more in the works than just daredevil. Nice. So I don't know that for sure. Don't, don't take that to the bank just yet, but there's been shenanigans and machinations and stuff. (laughs) There's been cahooting going on. They bring everything back, but iron fist. (laughs) It looks that way. There's, there's no way. Because they're doing no another way. Punisher with Joe. Uh, what was it? Bertano? Are they though? He's still playing the character. Where'd you see that? I don't remember. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> one of the one of them Aaron links. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Aaron. Aaron told me. <laughs> ah. It could be happening, but until until I see it somewhere else. Until I write the article, okay. I don't believe it. Until I see the trailer, it's not happening. Okay, and even then, who knows? <laughs> it's a good philosophy. Um, so yeah, so more more dare more Daredevil looks to be on the way, which is very cool. Uh, this next story 
Hulu Land's comic book, A Calculated Man series from Peter Calloway and Aftershock Media. So Aftershock's getting into the television biz. Uh, and this is coming from Peter Calloway, who did, uh, he was the executive producer on HBO's The Nevers, uh, which was that show that was just ripped away from Joss Whedon. Uh, and they decided to make it anyway. And uh, also a co-executive producer on Freeform and Marvel series Cloak and Dagger, uh, which I never watched but heard was good. But also FX's Legion, which was absolutely incredible, uh, has signed on to write and serve as a showrunner for the project. All right. Sounds like a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not familiar with I'm trying to find all. out what- the comic comes from writer Paul Tobin okay, uh, okay. and artist Alberto Albuquerque. Okay, okay. It is a math-inspired crime series that follows Jack Beans. No I'm way. not lying. Mm-hmm. Jack Beans, an accountant living in witness protection after betraying his former employers, the Pinafore crime family. So you're telling after me three- Jack the Bean Counter? Yeah. Yeah, Jack Beans. Uh, after three years, Jack decides to reclaim his old life. What follows is a journey full of murder, mayhem, and mathematics. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? This could be the uh, the fact that I haven't read this. This could be anything. I. But Paul Tobin. I'd be happier with I'd, the band math series if we're doing Paul Tobin books. Yes. That would Maybe be someday. that would be Maybe great. Someday. Maybe someday. Oh man, I would love a Bandit series. That would be incredible. Oh, get a Piaget. Oh God, why can't I? I know he's the Amelie director. Is it uh, Pierre Jeanette or something like I that? Believe you're close. I'll, I'll but up. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm close. Not, but that's I'm not not definitely not it. God Almighty, I know that name any other day of the week, and for some reason, right now, I can't. I'll figure it out later. Um, moving on. Oh, this one's for you, Bob. So Mark, uh, not Mark, I keep calling him Mark. Matt Shackman uh, from WandaVision fame has been hired to direct and executive produce Apple's Godzilla and the Titans series. Thrilled with all of it except so, Apple. But other than that, good to go. Yeah, I've never I've never seen anything from Apple. I don't have any Ted Apple. Lasso? Oh no, I've seen I've seen Ted Lasso nefariously, but I've seen it. Yeah, that's Apple. Dickinson. I love Ted Lasso. Dickinson is great. <laughs> um, I did want to see that when that was coming out. Um, but yeah, they're uh I don't know. I obviously Matt Matt Shackman did really great work over at WandaVision. So I mean getting his hands on Godzilla and the Titans. Isn't this fraction too? Sounds like Fraction's working on this. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think he was writing some of it. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, right here. Um, series is produced by Legendary Television and executive produced by co-creators Chris Black, who did Star Trek Enterprise and Outcast, who serves as the showrunner, and Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just list Hawkeye as one of his achievements. Um, blah, 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 a bunch of stuff that nobody cares about. No um, criminals? <laughs> that too. The Monarchverse has uh, been Jimmy Olsen. a lot of fun across the board. Those movies, they may not all be great, but they're a lot of fun. So more yeah. more giant monsters, the better. Yes. Agreed. 
Uh, all right, it is She-Hulk trailer time. Thoughts, concerns, uh, what does everybody think? Loved every second of it. If there are concerns, it's that they released the trailer too early and the effects aren't finished. Okay. Uh, Joey. No, I agree. And and uh, look, I am obviously going to spend the next few months getting deeper into the She-Hulk lore because um, I'm not as familiar with the character. I think that Marvel's got a bit of a challenge in front of them with this show because, you know, it's really their first shot at doing TV comedy. And I think that's what they're going for here. Attorney mm-hmm. at law kind of thing. They haven't done that. Even WandaVision was a send up. You know, it was, it was, it was by design kind of uh homage more so than actually writing a sitcom-esque comedy piece, if that's what they're going for. I can't quite tell from the trailer. I don't really know. It's hard because I feel like they're, it, the trailer tries to frame it as a, a, a an action comedy kind of like Marvel pro- property. But And everything that we've kind of heard about the show suggests that they're trying to basically make a sitcom. So I'll be interested to see what the final product is. I think that I think that I put this in the chat. I think that between now and August, they got five months of rendering still yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that said, I don't think it necessarily looks bad, um, especially on a TV budget and, and considering it, the limitations of the technology that they have. Um, I think they'll just, it'll just continue being refined. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm very into it. I'm a big Tatiana Maslany yes. fan from Orphan Black. Uh, so I'm very excited to see where the show goes. Indeed. John, what are your thoughts? I, I'm in the same boat. I think it looks entertaining, uh, funny. I, I love the casting. And, and the visual, I guess I didn't really notice the visuals. I was just kind of taking it all in. Marvel will get this together. They always do. And I'm sure it's going to be a funny kind of Ally McBeal meets superhero shenanigans. And I'm all here for it. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not concerned about the the effects. I know that there was some talk around it and that maybe it looks a little rough. It could be unfinished. It could be what it is. Either way, I'm really, really glad to see this character. It's like you said, Joey, like, I won't believe it until I see it. So seeing like they they hid the Tatiana Maslany thing way past it being revealed that she was playing the character. And Marvel always tries to keep everything very close to the chest, which was why I was a little surprised that they released this trailer the way that they did. But um I think, I think we're going to be all right. I think they were on the cusp of a leak, I think is what it was. Because I think something like on, in the, on the UK market, they, somebody, there was like a press release about it coming out August, mid-August. So Marvel was probably just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's drop the trailer and uh, put it out there. Right. Uh, we got a brief, brief glimpse of uh, Jamila uh, Jamil Jamil as, as a t- t- to Titania? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did you guys see Frogman? Yes, yep. 
in the trailer. I was like, what? So we're going, we're going lame-o supervillain. Yeah, that's a... That's yeah, a and we're going, getting Wrecking Crew. We're yeah. going to get Wrecking Crew. We're going to get Frogman. All the, and, and again, that's why I think like this has the potential to be something very funny. Mm-hmm. Let's get those I flies to go. Tra- <laughs> yeah, the trailer... It's hard because like these these companies don't know how to cut a trailer for that, you know. Um, this was a very action driven trailer, and I have a feeling the show isn't necessarily going to be that. Like just again going off of Dan Slott's run, there is always like the big punch em ups, I'm sure. But a lot of the show, I think, and I hope, is going to rely on the banter, the quips, the humor, mm-hmm. the kind of yeah. law setup, the attorney at law subheading. I think is a is a kind of tell there. Right. Yeah. It'd be fun to see Tim Roth again, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's finally going to be able to chew that scenery, too. Uh, yeah. Do you I see that um, that moment with Wong, uh, Wong is going to be yeah. in it and uh, the whole abomination thing and how, like, the moment in Shang-Chi when they go back to the chamber that that might link up with that movie? Uh, I'm I'm really, really excited for this. Uh, I also love Tatiana Maslany in Orphan Black. She just acted the hell out of that series. What I saw of it anyway, I never finished it, but um, I did see, I think, the first two seasons, maybe a little bit more. Um, Great show. Anyway, wow, we got through this stuff a bit faster than I'd anticipated. But now we have a question for the group. Uh, Bob suggested this last week, and we wanted to wait a little bit to talk about it, think about it. Uh, but this is coming from the 8 Billion Genies number one from last week. You will receive one wish, not three, one. You may wish for anything you like. And then I put this in here, except for more wishes. That's lame, and it's against the rules. Uh, what would you wish for? Would you ask for something for yourself or take something from another? Would you help? Would you hurt? Would you change yourself or change the world? So you get, if you want to think of this as like some grandiose wish, what would you wish for, Bob? Well, look, beyond the obvious, I was just speaking for myself, you know, saying world peace or whatever, or and these sort of personal things like I need, I need enough money to live comfortably also took out things that might have unintended consequences granting everybody their hidden desires oops that could be that could be messy you never know that would go uh or the whole twilight zone time enough at last scenario yeah i have enough time to read my books and the whole world's destroyed so you got to watch those kind of wishes and uh, timey-wimey things i want to go somewhere else so here's here's this I'd like to get all my friends in one place so they have one chance to tell them all what they mean to me. Aw. That's really nice. Thank you. That's really nice. That's that's a lot more thoughtful than mine. (laughs) Uh, John, do you have one for this? I Well, now I feel like an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I shouldn't have let Bob go first. I thought that, you know what, I'm just going to take a million dollars a month for the rest of my life and I can live comfortably, my kids can live comfortably, and I can do great things. I've always wanted to be able to like go into a restaurant and just leave like a $2,000 tip. That's amazing. Or 
or right. you know say this like the old Michael Scott, but actually be able to do it. Like say if this high school class, if you get all these the certain grade point, I'm going to pay for your college. Nice, and just kind of give people that that um, you know that that chance to get a, a step ahead. But I'm also going to be comfortable as well. So you want to be the 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 fairy godmother? Yeah, wanna... but I don't want to ever tell anybody I did it. Mm-hmm. So like when they did, the, oh yeah, I just want to be like I I tried to convince my wife when we got the stimulus money. We didn't. We we were okay because we never lost our job. I really want to just go in and give somebody a huge tip, but she's the more sensible one and says, no, we're <laughs> going to stock this away because we're going to have to pay taxes on it. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Man, I had such grand plans for that money and then just whittled it away to the point where everything that I planned to spend it on never happened. That's how they get you. Yeah. Uh Joey, what uh what do you got? I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard I question. I was thinking something along what John was just saying about giving access to quality education to everybody. But he obviously had a much more developed plan of how to fund it and also fund his own life. I was thinking something similar about healthcare. I don't know. Maybe I'll also take a million dollars a month and just fund all these things that I, cause I'm a save, I guess a savior complex that I have. Um, <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know because I don't know. I'd probably just sit on that wish and not decide or just take something innocuous like a milkshake or something. I don't know. I just. Uh... It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, be- because of who I am, I want to use that power for good. Um, yes. Yes. That was kind of where I landed after discussing this question with Bronwyn. Yeah. Uh, it was really her wish and I kind of co-opted it, but um, we were talking about there being some kind of panacea for just all the, all the division and all the upheaval in the world. And not only that, that, that such a thing exists, that would be agreeable to bring, parties and people together, but for to also have it be easily implemented mm. and accepted, not, not a challenge for, for people to get past. Like there was just all of a sudden there was just something that unified yeah. and we can get past so much of the garbage and vitriol and hatred and death and all the things that are happening around us. I mean, I don't want to go too too far down yeah. the rabbit hole, but well, man, it is a mess out there. That's why you fast track the United Federation of Planets because that's the yes. thing that unifies people, you know. <laughs> but I could have come up with a way to make that wish work, you know. Can I share a uh, a selfish, goofy wish, kind of like a half superpower wish that I I would have? Yeah. Um. Okay, so this is this is a little a little selfish one for me, but uh. I would love the ability. It comes with a few stipulations. <laughs> I would have to talk to the genie before we put everything in, in writing and I do my wishing. But I would love to be able to go to any live musical performance, any concert from any time mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I could go anywhere in the world at the drop of a hat or I could go back in time. But there's there's stipulations. One, when I get there, 
like you said, uh, John, to an extent, I want money. I want money for every show that I go to so that I can go up to the merch booth and just buy that shit out, sell it out and grab everything that's there and then give everything to the people that went to the show and get, and get the bands their money. Cause that's where they make it. They certainly don't make it from going on tour. If anything, it costs them money. And I would love to have my last stipulation be that no matter how many shows I go to or who I see that there's a guarantee of no hearing loss <laughs> for all the shows, because I have lost significant hearing in my left ear in the years that I've been going to live shows and I can't afford to lose anymore. <laughs> so if I'm in a crowded place, unless I'm sitting in your lap, I can't hear you. Hmm. So it's gotten pretty bad. Um, and I missed a concert this past weekend, just up and forgot about it. I had tickets for a show on Friday and I got an alert on my phone that was like doors open in 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh, well, well, that's not it's happening. like two hours. Yeah. It's not happening. It's like two hours <laughs> if away. You could I'm not... Fly though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, backwards. If in I time. could fly. Or you know had had written it down anywhere and remembered, <laughs> and this was this was a solo show that I was going to go to by myself that was to make up for another show that I missed because they canceled it for COVID, and so this was my treat to myself, and I ended up freaking screwing it up by forgetting to go. <laughs> That's all right though; I got tons of other shows coming up, including Alanis Morissette and Garbage wow. together in the same night with Crash Test Dummies and The Beaches. Mm-hmm. Yup. It's funny. Crash Test Dummies, whereas I've only heard that one song ever, they're much bigger here in Canada and people like know their catalog. So I'm walking into that pretty blind. That'll be fun. Um, But hey, Hey. seeing a lot of more set and garbage in the same night and the beaches are incredible. I saw them like two weeks ago. They were phenomenal. They just won a Juno for best rock album of the year. (laughs) What? Yeah, come on. Simu Liu was hosting them. I love Canada. (laughs) It's adorable. Hey, man. We know what we're doing. Oh, now it's we? Yeah, well, yeah, man. I've been here for like five years. I know. I'm joking. Yeah. I love it here in Canada. We're not perfect, but uh, better than some. (laughs) All right. Um, so that's it. That's wishes. That's news. That's comics. What are we looking forward to next week? Bob, what are you picking up? Saga number 59, Captain Carter number three, and then some oddballs. Elvira in Horrorland. Adventure Man number nine. And the long-awaited Minecraft With or Without You volume three by Kristen Gudsnap. Hey, I didn't see that on the list. That's cool. Very cool. Uh, John, are you uh, are you Minecrafting it this week? Now I am. I just I didn't know about that mm-hmm. either. But I got to get that from my son. Oh um, man, he's gonna freak out. Yeah, he is. Uh, I I got a hefty week. Batman: Curse of the White Knight three, DC v Vampire Hunters number one, Detective mm-hmm. Comics ten sixty, Robin fourteen. Adventure Man 9, Aerosmith number... Aerosmith? Aerosmith. Yeah. Aerosmith. <laughs> the Adventures of Aerosmith. <laughs> Love it in Elevator. God damn it. I have like three amazing episode titles. <laughs> Shit. Um, Kurt Busiek, Carlos Pacheco book. Uh, 
from Image. <laughs> oh, never mind. Newburn number seven. Um, Radiant Red number three. Rogue Sun number four. Saga fifty nine. Amazing Spider Man two. Avengers number fifty six. Devil's Reign Omega, and then Legion of X number one. Joey, how about you? A lot of them have been said. Department of Truth, Saga, Legion of X, uh, Vampire Slayer number two, Something's Killing the Children 23. John Sweet and Stacey Lee have a new one for Vault called Fox and Hair. I might check that out. Juan Doe has a new one called Spectro at Aftershock. Might check that one Whoa. out. And uh, it's a one shot too. So I'm like, hey, what's the worst that could happen? Um, and uh, Step by Buddy. <laughs> step by Bloody Step number four. Yes, sir. I didn't know that was coming out. I gotta add content. I gotta add that to my list now too. It's a big week. Man. A lot of things are happening. Yeah, fourth week. I got I... fourth week. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Now I've got a list. Um, I've also got DC vs. Vampire Hunters number one, uh, Detective Harley Quinn fifteen, Robin Legion of X, Adventure Man, Bloodstained Teeth number two. Uh, Department of Truth, Philadelphia number 22. I uh, really, really enjoyed the first volume. I own the second. I think I'm going to try to get caught up and uh, I'm going to maybe buy the lot and and dive back into the Philadelphia universe because I was really, really enjoying that. Uh, Monstrous number 40 coming out. Saga number 59, something that's killing the children. Uh, Joey, are you reading House of the Dragon or whatever the hell? It's not House of the Dragon. House of Slaughter. House of Slaughter. It's on uh, number six this week. Yeah. Did you read it? No. Oh, oh I, well, I did. <laughs> I it's very I good. Will. I will. I'm waiting for it to be collected. I'm, I've been doing something that's killing the children straight through, but on for those side books, I'm probably going to uh, collect the trades. All right. Well, I read it. It was cool. Um, Step by Bloody Step, number four, uh, Stillwater 13, and now that Spectro book that you were talking about. Is that Hell what it was yeah. called? Yep. Sweet. Uh, like Wando a lot. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, so we might have uh, a little something, something for you uh, by the end of the week. A little creator conversation. We do have a couple of people uh, scheduled to come through the show in the next couple of weeks. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for some uh, interview episodes coming up in the next little while. If all goes according to plan. Um, beyond that, if we're plugging stuff and doing closing statements, I just want to put it out there. That uh, I wrote a review for the Love, Death, and Robots num- uh, Volume Three that came out this past week. If you don't check out the entire season, at the very least, watch the sixth episode called Jabaro. It is hands down one of the coolest animation things that I've seen in a very, very long time. It is haunting and gripping and effective and beautiful. Um, and some real uncanny valley stuff. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend that if you don't dive into all of it, just watch that. It's incredible. Um, we should be getting a Thor Love and Thunder trailer, I think, this week. A new one. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe we'll get a look at uh, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. I would like that. I would like to have my worst fears confirmed. 
about what that dude looks like in this new movie. <laughs> I'm real nervous. Uh, and lastly, on the, the Love, Death, and Robots front, um, if you go to my feeds, I actually interviewed uh, Tim Miller, who was the director of the Deadpool movie, Ryan Reynolds. And I interviewed uh, Jennifer Yu Nelson, who directed Kung Fu Pandas 2 and 3. Uh, and a couple of other uh, movies and things. And uh, she works on Love, Death, and Robots, fantastic series, uh, sci-fi anthology horror kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's an on-camera interview if you want to see my goofy ass talking to uh, a couple of really cool people about animation. Um, it's on my Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, anybody else have any closing statements that they want to share? We'll save it for next time. We're two hours and change. <laughs> All right. Um, and Brian, thank you for, for sending us in some, uh, your, your great email and your questions. We will address those next week. Uh, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions, and please do, because we're going to try to grab a couple of questions for next week's show. Uh, email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. We will have announcements about the website soon. Uh, we have done the transfer over for some stuff. Uh, I, myself, and Bronwyn, we are now the co-owners of Talking Comics. Uh, Bobby has been kind enough to hand over the keys. Uh, and so we've been, you know, it's been taking a long time to put that together. But we're it's underway. We're getting it done, and uh, so new ownership. So here we are, ten years, ten years later, almost eleven years later. <laughs> new management, um, and we have some plans. We're going to do some things. Uh, it'll be cool. But right now, we're finalizing things on the site revamp, uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll see what happens with the Patreon and other other plans that we have. Um, we're not going to do anything too too fast. Because we got so tripped up with everything else. Um, but, you know, we're working on it. It's coming. Uh, but in the meantime, at Talking Comics on Twitter, send us some questions, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Uh, you can also go on to Spotify and review us with their little star system. Uh, five stars would be nice. Uh, anything less would be uncivilized. Uh, I don't, what was that from? The beer commercial it sounds like uncivilized. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was a beer commercial. Oh, Lord. All right, Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email, Bob Reiner at TalkingComicBooks.com. What was that, John? I totally talked to I think it was that. Heineken. Could be. Is that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where can people find you, John? At John P. Burkle. Uh, Joey? At Joey Bertrino. Aaron is at Aaron J. Amos online. I am at dead underscore anchorus. So for Bob. Hey, for folks here in the States, if you're traveling for the holiday, be careful, be sensible. If you're getting into stuff, I'll leave it that way. <laughs> Joey. Bye. John. Adios. Thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. We'll catch you next time on the Talking Comics podcast. To be continued.